Later, it was rumoured that he had not changed his dissipated habits and that a feverish illness was the only thing stopping him from taking up his evil ways again. He was, thought Annabel bitterly, probably not a monster at all, but simply a drunken, violent brute like a husband. Mrs. Pomfret, who came in daily to do the rough cleaning, sighed over his good looks and seemed proud to have such a villain in the parish. It was amazing, reflected Annabel, that behaviour that would be deemed disgusting in a member of the lower orders was admired in an earl. But she was in no danger of meeting him. A rich and wealthy unmarried earl would be fated by the county and would hardly stoop to visit the Carruthers. An impoverished married rake like her husband was shunned. She thought fleetingly of her husband Guy, as he had been when they were first married. He had been merry and affectionate, and although she had never been in love with him, her life had been pleasant for a few months before he had returned to his favourite pursuits of drinking and gambling. She had learned to stay out of his way, because to remonstrate with him meant a beating. The square Norman tower of St. Charles, the church of Upper Chipping, rose above the trees. Nearly there, it had been a long walk. They could not afford a carriage. Her husband had two fine hunters, but Annabel had never learned to ride. She walked down the twisting narrow village street. The houses built of Cotswold stone gleamed a mellow gold in the sunlight. She pushed open the door of the Mercers, ducking her head as she did so, because she was tall and the little shop had a low-beamed ceiling. She blinked a little in the darkness of the shop. An elegant lady was being served while a tall man stood waiting beside her. Annabel hesitated inside the doorway. The lady was finely gowned, and Annabel was now as timid of her peers as any servant girl. She knew one of her gloves had split in one of the fingers, and that the hem of her woolen gown was frayed. The lady was buying print cotton for her housemaid's dresses, and the mercer was saying, "'Yes, my lady. Oh, most certainly, my lady.' Who could she be? Then Annabel, with quickening curiosity, remembered that wicked Lord Darkwood had a sister— a married sister at present in residence with him. What was her name? Ah, Lady Trumpington. She haggled over the cost of the cotton until the price was reduced to a low enough figure. Then she demanded if there was anything new in silk. Annabel gave a little sigh. The ribbons would have to wait for another day. But the man with Lady Trumpington heard that sigh and turned around sharply. Annabel stood transfixed. This must surely be Lord Darkwood. But he did not look ill in the least, or, for that matter, dissipated. Also, she was so accustomed to hearing any man with a sizable fortune described as handsome that she had expected Lord Darkwood to be nothing out of the common way. But the tall man looking at her was simply the most handsome man she had ever seen. He had jet-black hair and eyes as green as a cat, a strong nose and a thin, well-shaped mouth. His face was tanned and his figure strong, but it was the force of his personality that struck Annabel like a blow. 
a heady mixture of sensuality, virility, and humour. Why do you not attend to this lady, said Lord Darkwood, while my sister examines your silks at her leisure? Lady Trumpington turned around, a smile on her face that quickly faded as her ice-cold eyes raked up and down Annabel's shabby gown. Certainly, my lord, said the mercer. What can I show you, Mrs. Carruthers? Feeling as gauche as a schoolgirl, Annabel approached the counter. I wondered if you had any silk ribbons. Green, I think. The mercer pulled out drawers and extracted spools of ribbons, while Annabel, aware of Lord Darkwood's eyes on her, felt her hands beginning to tremble. But she saw exactly what she was looking for, a pale green corded silk ribbon that would do to embellish one of her gowns.